You think it'd be easier to podcast if you're blind? Yes. Well, then I couldn't read a script very fast because I'd have to be using Braille. And I don't know how fast of a reader I am at Braille hmm. in this hypothetical situation. You can memorize it. Yeah, but you'd need years of practice to get fast. Anyway. The American bison, also known as the buffalo, once roamed wild across the plains of North America. They were an icon of the untamed frontier, until frontiersmen started cashing in on their hides. Soon, the great American buffalo herd would go from 30 million to just a couple dozen. Welcome to Extinction Event, a podcast about extinct and soon-to-be-extinct animals. I'm your host, Melissa Thomas, here, as always, with the wonderful Jack Collier. Welcome to the show again, Jack. Hey, uh, you know, Melissa, I just want to point out the intro song because... The what? The intro song for Extinction Event. Okay. The show that we're doing. (laughs) Uh, I've got questions on it. You know what's up with the intro song. You made the intro song. I've got questions that I fielded from people about it. Okay. Go ahead. Who is singing it? Where did it come from? And I'll tell you the answers right now. Okay. It's a free app where you just type in whatever you want and it sings it. Wait, is this an ad for the free app right now? I I don't think Mammoth Bar would be real happy (laughs) if we just started doing free ads for people. No. I'm just saying, that's not us singing. That's not anybody we know. That's a computer. You type in Extinction Event. Well, what do we do? You type in this. Welcome whatever, to. Welcome to Extinction Event. And that's what came out. Pretty cool, It's huh? beautiful. This whole time, I thought you had gone on the internet, did a casting call for beautiful, angelic voices to sing the theme song. And this whole time, it's just been a computer-generated voice. Yeah. Wow. Mystery solved, huh? In case you were wondering, who sings that? Oh, also just uh, wanted to let everyone know, you know, feel free to rate the show. That would be quite helpful for us because I guess we're not really showing up. We don't know how to rate feed. shows. No, we don't. So. Good luck. <laughs> if anybody knows how to do that, I think you put a star next to it. I don't. Sure. There might be a happy face. Sad face. And then... uh, if you're wearing a hat, throw it in the air. I think that counts. If you liked it. <laughs> you know, like you just graduated. If you throw it up in the air, I think that counts. It's oh. a rating. Um, if you are a cowboy, if I think they count how many gunshots you shoot off into the air <laughs> if you successfully <laughs> like the episode. I like that. That is um, a timely comment for today's episode. Yeah! Pow, 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 pow. That would be a show that you only liked about three. I think it's five stars. So you're just mildly happy with the podcast at this point? I told you, I don't know how to rate these shows. <laughs> Do we get something? Is it like a treat or a snack? I think we show up in the feed, whatever that is. I don't understand. Are we cutting all of this? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, this week we are talking about the American bison. I'm going to call it... The American buffalo, because nobody calls it the American bison. 
I try to call it the bison just to be seem pretentious. <laughs> well, let's uh let's get get into it, huh? Yeah. All right. So the American bison walked into North America from that super popular Bering Land Bridge some 300 to 600,000 years ago. These ancient buffalo had bigger horns and were bigger in size than their modern ancestors would be. But the modern buffalo are still pretty huge. The bulls can weigh over a ton. The first humans in North America were no strangers to hunting buffalo. We've found remnants of their weapons in uh, buffalo bones from about 10,000 years ago. Uh, later on, the Native Americans would become avid buffalo hunters as well. The Plains Indians were known for using nearly every part of the buffalo, obviously for food and clothing, but they also used it for some other stuff like they used the dung as a cooking source of fuel, its tendons for bowstrings, and its tongue as a comb. A comb? A comb. Like looking dapper, who just comb mm-hmm. my hair, mm-hmm. uses tongue? That's cool. Yeah, man. I bet you could get an Etsy shop going with that. Get a what? An Etsy shop going with that. (laughs) Buffalo tongue comb. Come to my Etsy store. I've dried out these tongues. I put them on a, you know, some distressed piece of two by four that I've salvaged. Next thing you know, I'm selling them Mm -hmm. for 60 bucks a pop. So there's some killing of the buffalo going on from an early date, but... It's not disrupting things to the point where they have to worry about extinction. But then the Europeans arrive. But at first, they're not really interested in the buffalo. Huh. Yeah. So the buffalo dodged that bullet for a while. The Europeans do bring horses with them, though. And soon the Indians also have horses. This completely changes their lifestyle. Hunting buffalo is now a lot easier, and this leads to two things. One, they can be more picky about which buffalo they hunt. So they hunt the cows, not the bulls, because the cows taste better and they're easier to skin, I think. Mm. Uh, Second, they have less incentive now to farm or hunt other game. So they're developing a dependency on the buffalo, which is fine unless something were to ever happen to it. So it's bad for the buffalo because less female buffalo means less offspring. And like I just said, it's also bad for the Native Americans because if anything were to ever happen to the buffalo, they would become vulnerable because they were dependent on it now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So thanks to the introduction of the horse, the buffalo take a small hit, but they're still far from being in trouble at this point. Fast forward to the 1800s. Can I I interject? Yes, please. Nice try, horse. You're not going to extinct an entire species that easy. Who knew that there was this devilish side to the horse, you know? It's probably jealous. Buffalo's got a big old coat and horse is basically made out of glass. (laughs) They they break their legs easy, don't they? Constantly. And it's like there's no fixing the leg. You just have to immediately shoot it. What's the deal with that? It's like a horse sneezes breaks its neck it's amazing it's been around this long (laughs) okay so fast forward to the 1800s we have pioneers and covered wagons moving from the east coast out to the west 
at first, there's not a lot of people doing this. And the buffalo, you know, they don't have anything to worry about. Just a couple of little wagons. Yeah. Nothing to see here. <laughs> but then, can you guess what happens? Blood-sucking vampires. <laughs> Gold is discovered. Gold? Yes. And there is a sudden rush out west. Everyone wants to be there. Oh, yes. The famous sudden rush out west <laughs> to mine gold. Also around this time, construction of the Transcontinental Railroad begins. Now we're going to see the buffalo taking a bit of a hit. The men who are working on the railroad are eating them. Also, as the rail service starts opening up, passengers begin shooting the buffalo from moving trains. It's kind of like a form of entertainment for them. I get it. Look, you've been on a train. It's fun for first hour or so. And then you're like, oh, okay. How long is this going to be? <laughs> a couple days into it, you're just praying for a gun and something to shoot. I, yeah, I guess it, get, it could get a little boring on the train there. Mm-hmm. All right. So eventually all the construction and hunting happening by the tracks forces the buffalo away from the railroad. And this splits that huge American herd into two herds, the southern and northern herds. Northern buffalo, eh? Hey. Heading their way up to Canada. There is, yes, there is also a Canadian herd. We'll come across the border, day. Wow. Do you know how would a, would a disaster a live pod with us would be? Oh, people would just be like throwing rotten fruit at us. and uh, I would bring rotten fruit for people to throw at us. <laughs> right about now, we'd be passing those fruit buckets out. Like, Sorry, uh, please get your uh, <laughs> refund at the door. Anyway, where were, where were we? So, okay. So at first, you know, maybe the buffalo think that moving away from all this traffic uh, would solve their problems. But it didn't. This is what happens. A new leather processing technique is discovered. And now buffalo leather can be used to make components like belts for large machinery. And so there's this big demand for buffalo now. That's not good news if you're a buffalo. Good not news good if news. you're a machine. yeah so there's this demand for the buffalo and now we have the rail service opening up so those big heavy buffalo hides can now be easily transported back to major cities wasn't so easy on the wagons you couldn't put a whole lot on there there's a demand there's a means to get it back to the cities and this sparks the creation of the buffalo hunting profession it's a brand new profession. It's creating jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Hunters flock to the plains to get in on this action. And it's almost like there is a sudden buffalo rush happening with the sudden gold rush as well. The 1800s is just a time of rushes. Gold, buffalo, probably like chlamydia. Everyone, <laughs> everyone's in a hurry. What are they running from? Well... This was an interesting time in America. At this point, no one really believed that the buffalo could ever become extinct. This was the era of the robber barons. You familiar with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like Americans were basically willing to do whatever it took to make a buck. And uh, most people believe that America was this inexhaustible wonderland of uh, natural resources that you were welcome to, just ripe for the picking. It was an endless buffet. So that's not good for the buffalo. Another thing 
is not good for the buffalo, and that is the invention of the Sharps buffalo rifle. This makes hunting them way easier than it used to be. It's a rifle designed just for killing one specific kind of animal. How crazy is that? It's not good news. <laughs> what makes it a buffalo right like that just seems like marketing. It, you're right. It could have just been just a regular gun they rebranded. They're like, oh now it's a buffalo killer. I'm like, whoa. And these are buffalo bullets. I don't remember. I, I, I forgot. I read about it. I, I something about the distance it could shoot and the power it had. Mm. And it, it wasn't good for killing smaller game. I don't know. Okay, okay. So there were a few popular hunting techniques for killing buffalo. Probably the most famous was one called tranquilizing the herd. And um, I don't know if you knew this, but buffalo have a matriarchal society. The cows uh, run things, all right? So the rest of the herd takes cues from the top females. And you would tranquilize the herd by taking out each one of the females one at a time. You would injure them, not kill them. So they would be stunned. And if you killed enough of those cows, basically they're not going anywhere. The herd is frozen. It's like shooting uh, the tires of a car. <laughs> Where in this case, like the tires are these you know, matriarchal buffalo cows. <laughs> Whoa. <sighs> all right. So the females are injured on their way to dying. You just shoot all the other members of the herd while they're just standing there. Then you'd um, just go collect the buffalo. Actually, they would just skin the buffalo and leave the animal there to rot. We're talking about 400 to 600 pounds of flesh that's just hanging out. This triggered the buzzard rush. (laughs) The buffalo start to go really fast now. Crazy fast. Buffalo hunters have to go even farther to find the buffalo now. And they start going into lands that are reserved for Native Americans, violating treaties in the process. I mean... Violate uh, (laughs) treaties, agreements. uh, These are all just words. Uh, Yeah. Basically, nobody enforces the treaties. And there's a couple reasons behind it. One... Because it's robber baron America, cash is king. Mm -hmm. That's going to be more important than honoring a treaty. Two, because the U.S. government is unofficially encouraging it. The Indians were basically in the way of the westward expansion that was happening. Literally. And uh, we knew that they were dependent on the buffalo as a means of survival. Thank you, horse. Uh, So getting rid... You're (laughs) welcome. Getting rid of the buffalo meant forcing the Indians to accept a way of life that better suited our needs. I can't imagine when this was presented in Washington. There's just like a big graph that said like, buffalo, (laughs) Indians. And then they drew a line from one to the other. And then they they put X's over the eyes of each one of them. And then everyone in Congress stood up and applauded. I I forgot the money bags. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Funny, yes. Well, it, it it was unofficial. I mean, they, that was probably behind closed doors, oh, what yeah. you're talking about. But uh, so in addition to the commercial hunting that was going on, now the military starts exterminating the buffalo. By the end of the 1870s, the southern herd is entirely gone. 
and uh, the Indian Wars are pretty much over. Just wiped out the entire Southern herd. Yeah. Woo! That's how many? How many millions are we talking about? They estimate that before Europeans arrived, the herd was about thirty million. So I don't know what fifteen million. Yeah, if it was cut down the middle. Yeah. Thanks for playing Southern Buffalo Herd. Uh, but, but, you know, there's still a northern herd hanging on, but it's not looking so good. Don't forget the Canadians. Spoiler alert, that herd uh, that herd doesn't make it. Come again? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What, Sorry about not making it there, yeah, guys. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know what happened with that herd. I was focused just on the uh, American one. They turned into hockey pucks. Yeah, oh, I'm sure the uh, Native Americans in Canada used parts of the buffalo for for hockey pucks. Indeed. Extinction event is sponsored by Mammoth Bar. Mammoth Bar is a super tasty raw protein bar made with sprouted nuts. It's organic. It's got no weird stuff, guys. Hey, 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 Melissa, you know what's weird? What? When you walk on my dog and you see its genitals hanging out. You mean out of the sheath if we're talking to him about yeah. a male? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, this is, this is why I don't ever have a male dogs. Because the owner knows what's happening, you know what's happening, and we all just have to act like, oh, this is just normal. You know what's even weirder? What? When that happens with a horse. Oh, man. It's almost not weird when it happens with the horse. It's almost weirder with the dog. Well, Mammoth Bar has 0% animal genitals. That's cool. You're never yeah. going to have run into that issue of accidentally never. unsheathing the animal part. You might accidentally unsheathe your Mammoth Bar. <laughs> You're right. And that's great because you will be surprised by one of four delicious flavors that they have. <laughs> You can just put your mouth all over of almond vanilla, mm-hmm. a macadamia coconut, a goji berry trail mix, or cashew cinnamon bar. Next thing you know, your mouth is packed with protein. <laughs> yeah, and you know what it's not packed with? What? Too much sugar. You don't got to worry about that because there's only, I think, nine grams of the stuff. Well, it's a perfect snack. It really is. It's uh, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, no fillers. And no, no animal, animal genitalia. Yes. Uh, no weird stuff, guys. And uh, This will be the last Mammoth Bar <laughs> ad we ever do. You can uh, pick it up on mammothbar.com. Right now before they send a cease and desist. <laughs> I also, I've heard a lot of people saying they've tried the variety packs. And that's a good way to get into it. All right, mammothbar.com. No weird stuff. All right, so at this point, I have to introduce you to a new character in the story. Yes, I hope it's Spider-Man. His name is George Bird Grinnell. He is a famous naturalist and the guy who basically founded the concept of conservation. He decides pretty early on that he wants to save the buffalo. He knows that the buffalo out on the plains are pretty much gone. But there's a herd at the newly inaugurated Yellowstone Park, and he thinks he can save that herd. Interesting theory, Mr. Bird Grabogram. 
Grinnell. 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 So a couple things about Yellowstone Park. When it first opens, it is a place without laws. There are no regulations in place. There's no money for maintenance or protection. Commercial hunters are killing whatever they can. Tourists are, are doing the same thing. There's vandals. People are taking souvenirs, not from shops, but from geological formations. They're throwing things like boulders into the geysers. Can I interject with the story? Yes, please. That I read on the news. Recently, uh, there's been a lot of geyser action in Yellowstone Park. And one of these geysers erupted, spewing forth a ton of trash. A ton? A ton. Like an actual ton? No, I'm being figurative. Uh, but a bunch of trash from the 1930s that what? old tourists just threw down the old geysers. <laughs> like, yeah, this looks like a trash can. That's crazy. So the recent eruptions unearthed this stuff and you have, you know, old cans and <laughs> hair combs not made out of buffalo tongue, just plastic kinds, just all sorts of debris and stuff. And, uh, the rangers have collected it all and they're going to make a little... Um, you know, kind of display. It says, you you think when you throw something away in a national park, it just goes away? It don't. Yeah. Wow. So I bet what happened is people were throwing all kinds of stuff in there. Then someone threw a rock in there and it pushed all that stuff down until the rock eroded enough to release. Look at that. That's pretty cool. I got to look that up. So it's basically anarchy over there at Yellowstone. And, um, also, the railroads are trying to buy up parts of the park to build through. Grinnell knows he's going to need some help if he wants to stand up against these people who are milking the park for its resources. He starts writing for and eventually takes over Forest and Stream magazine. And he uses it as his soapbox. His readers, they're mostly hunters and fishermen, get behind his cause and they would end up being the country's first conservationists. They felt that nature had to be preserved to be enjoyed. I mean, hunting isn't a lot of fun if there's no animals to shoot, right? Right. So these hunters become activists for change. Good for them. Which is uh, unusual. Hmm. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't think it. It's certainly not the uh, you know stereotype of activists that you hear about. Right. Usually you get this cartoon version of some granola-eating, dirty hippie with uh, white guy dreads and chaining themselves to a tree. It's not really the picture of like, oh, I'm a hunter. Right. And I want to make sure I still got something to hunt. I'm sure there's still hunters and sportsmen mm-hmm. out there. And we shouldn't just uh, label group as any one way. I'm sure there's lots of hunters who are willing to conserve animals. Wow. Still, even today. It's taking such a serious turn. It is. And this segment's brought to you by cigarettes. (laughs) (sighs) Nothing like those smooth Marlboro tastes. Come to Flavor Country. All right. So there's this intense fight going on between Grinnell and his readers versus the railroad lobbyists and the general lack of rules and punishments that are happening in the park. With the help of some allies he has in Washington, including Theodore Roosevelt, just to name drop there, some game laws are finally put into place. Let's just end. Theodore Roosevelt throws his support to something Bird Grano, editor of Field and Street Magazine. (laughs) Is it easier for me to just call him Mr. Yellowstone from now on? What's his first name? George. 
George Grenell. Bird. George Bird Grenell. George Bird Grenell. What a cool middle name, Bird. George Bird, put on your knickers. It's getting cold. So you don't want me to call him Mr. Yellowstone? Ah, uh, no. Okay. Bummer. Yeah, don't even bring that, that shit with me again. Please. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we've got some regulations in place. Things like limiting hunting to a season and making commercial hunting and the trapping of birds illegal. Also, Yellowstone gets a small amount of money to hire a game warden. Just one. But once again, these laws weren't really observed and there still weren't any penalties for breaking any of the laws at this point. The hunting season was 11 months long. (laughs) Uh, The game warden would point out where the game was (laughs) and you couldn't trap birds in like a predatory house loan (laughs) is basically what they were. Basically. So that's happening in Yellowstone and a couple other places across the country. At the same time, the commercial slaughter of buffalo on the plains is still going on. But by the mid-1880s, there's really none left to shoot. The northern herd is pretty much gone. Where have all the buffalo gone? (laughs) If you don't understand that singing reference, I was was doing Where Have All the Cowboys Gone, which I don't know who's saying that. Well, I, um, it is relevant because um, all those buffalo hunters become cattle ranchers. They become cowboys. All right. So I, you would think it's almost time to say thanks for playing to the buffalo, but it's not technically over. All right. There's still a couple stragglers. There's just not a huge herd. And uh, normally we try to put them in zoos and give them names as... As is tradition. tradition. Instead, we're still trying to find those last few buffalo uh, because the saloon owners want to display taxidermy buffalo heads on their walls as kind of a frontier trophy, you know, an homage to the good old days. Yeah. So do you remember... Earlier, we talked about when the buffalo hunters would kill the buffalo, they would just leave the carcass to rot. Yeah, so metal. Well, there's bones out there, all right? Yeah, there is. And uh, that's going to lead to a second short-lived buffalo gold rush. A bone rush? A bone rush. (laughs) Turns out you can grind up buffalo bones to be used as fertilizer, and it's also a filter for processing sugar. So they were uh, collecting all these bones, and uh, this is kind of spooky. As they're rushing to collect these buffalo bones, they also end up grabbing a lot of Native American bones. Whoa! Yeah, they just get kind of thrown into a heap and uh, sent back to be ground down. So that sugar that you're eating may be cursed. Yeah, what else do they use it for? The fertilizer. That's, yeah, you could have a cursed garden or sugar. Because you've seen Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. The whole thing was that it was built on Native yeah. American burial ground. Meanwhile, we who knows how many haunted sugar packets or yeah, petunia bushes or crops. Do petunias grow in bushes? I don't, I don't know. Why would you use fertilizer to grow a petunia? I don't even know what a petunia looks like. It's just the first thing that came to my mind. We're so bad at this. 
So that's going on out on the plains. And it, it, it doesn't last long. They swoop the bones up pretty fast. Back at Yellowstone. Mr. Yellowstone and his filled in stream readers are still. Wait, wait. Who's Mr. Yellowstone? <laughs> I'm confused. George Bird Grenell and his. George Bird? <laughs> George Bird, please. What is George Bird doing now? Fetch me some fertilizer. Oh, jeez. Grind me up some bones. <laughs> George Bird. All right. So his... I need some sugar. Grind me up some bones. <laughs> Him and his filled in stream readers are still fighting for the park. And guess what? They make some progress. After a decade of fighting against the railroad lobbyists, they succeed in fending them off. And guess what? They can't build a railroad through the park. What? Boom. Big win. Big win. Score one for Buffalo. Yeah. But there is still the problem of stopping poachers. At this point, it's estimated there are only about 200 buffalo left in the park. And there's still poachers out there going after them, which is 200 left. Mm. You got to get something on those saloon walls. That was a a low groan of disapproval from me. Mm. 200 left and you're trying to kill them? Hey, man. Not a great business plan there, buddy. I guess you could get quite a bit for uh, the buffalo heads at this point. Okay, so the poachers are still going after the buffalo. And remember, there's really no punishment for killing the buffalo. The only thing that would happen is if you got caught, you'd get kicked out of the park. They'd take your equipment away, but you could just walk right back into the park. (laughs) And stay out. Sure to get your hand stamped. (laughs) There is one poacher during this time who is said to have actually taken out 80 buffalo in one winter alone, single-handedly killing 40% of the bison in the wild at that time. Damn, that that looks good on resume. (laughs) If you're a poacher, yeah. Yeah, you can't compete against that. You're a bit of a legend. Right. Single-handedly, too? Mm -hmm. There is also another very infamous poacher who had eluded park officials for a very long time, but finally they succeed in capturing him. They bring him in, and as luck would have it, one of Grenell's field and stream reporters was there and reported on the whole thing. Wait, what happened? Okay, so they catch this poacher who had killed a bunch of buffalo. Uh Uh-huh. They bring him in, and there's a reporter there for Filled and Stream who is taking notes, taking pictures as it's happening. As he's getting his hand stamped and (laughs) getting his wrist very firmly slapped. Pretty much, yeah. Kick him on the bum and say, get out of here. This guy's taking notes. Yeah, and the, and this this poacher's taunting his captors, and we got a bunch of buffalo heads lined up, and he's writing about this. Melissa, you be the poacher, and you taunt. <laughs> I'll be the captor, and you can taunt me. All right, buddy, we got you this time. Oh, now, what you going to do? Are you going <laughs> to kick me out of the park? <laughs> I hear the, here's the thing. I assume these poachers are kind of crazy. They're like, really? Because he sounds like he's just like a nice Canadian neighbor. Did, am I, are we just doing Canadian accents now? I, just that default. was your poacher, yes. Oh, now. Yeah, what? Okay, maybe he's a Canadian poacher who come down to uh, Yellowstone. <laughs> I don't Daddy, know. Get out of here, Canadian buffalo kill guy. <laughs> oh. You killed 80 buffalo. No well, more of your tricks about being a nice guy. 
oh, well, what you going to do? Take my uh, hoofs and uh, go play hockey with them? <laughs> I- I'll come right back in and, and give me some your, new ones. Your legendary taunts. <laughs> oh, boy, you're lucky there's not a reporter here writing all this down. <laughs> Yes, there's the reporter. He is taking photos. He's writing about it. And now people can see in real time the slaughter of these last remaining wild buffalo and the lack of any consequences for for doing it. The public is pissed. Steaming mad. Which is weird. It's like, why are you just... Why now? Like, why not before? And, And I guess it really is that they just had not seen it. Yeah. Those photos were really powerful. And uh, I don't know. Finally, Washington does something. I hate to give them any credit because at this point, they've been fighting for this for two decades. You know, yeah, it's a long time to get rules in the park or punishments. But finally, they do. And the National Park Protective Act, also known as the Lacey Act, is passed. Now there would be fines and prison time for hunting, killing, wounding, or capturing wildlife and for being in possession of dead animals in Yellowstone, which is important because before, if you got caught with a dead animal, you could just say, no, I didn't kill this here. (laughs) (laughs) They got killed it somewhere else. And that spreads eventually to the other parks as well. It's it's a big win for the buffalo and for Grinnell and his filled and stream readers. Well done, George Bird. Well, so that kind of solves the problem of the poachers, but was it too late to save the buff? At this point, there are only 23 buffalo in the park. 23. Yes, I could see by the look on your face that you were shocked by that number. Yes. Well, so there's 23 left, and then... Those 23, slowly. Those 23, slowly. Get it on. Bang a gong. Get it on. That basically, don't hate me. They don't go extinct. They decide to start a breeding program. But they need some other purebred buffalo. They can't just use those 23 because they're worried that there's not enough genetic diversity in that herd. So where are they going to get these buffalo? This is a different kind of bone rush. (laughs) Indeed. All right. I told you all the buffalo out on the plains were gone, right? Yeah. Well, technically they are. But there are a couple that were taken in by ranchers and just kept on their ranches. Yellowstone is able to find some of these. And they swoop up 21 additional purebred buffalo. The buffalo are taken back to the park and put in a really big pen. These buffalo begin to breed and the numbers slowly increase. Ten years after the start of the breeding program, they number around 239. They're doing pretty good. Also, (laughs) the wild herd that was in the park that had gone down to 23 had doubled in size in that same amount of time. And they seemed to be pretty healthy. The numbers keep rising, and eventually they start letting the buffalo that were in the pens free, and uh, I assume they intermingle with those wild ones. Today, the Yellowstone herd is doing great. It's, I guess, around 4,000 individuals strong, and 
the buffalo found in Yellowstone are some of the only purebred buffalo left. Most living buffalo outside of the park are interbred with cattle. They're called uh, cattalos or something like that. You just made that up. No. <laughs> it's real. Cattalos. I've heard other phrases for a cow buffalo mix, so I, I don't know. It sounds like a off-brand breakfast cereal with a cartoon mm. cowboy on the cover. I'd eat on it. the box. Cattalos. Most of those ones out there are uh, cattalos. So. If you say so. I know it's kind of a bummer. Um, you I'm not rooting for extinction. <laughs> I mean, it's cool to have it go almost to extinction and come back. Right. It? Yeah. I mean, they went from 30 million to a couple dozen. And uh, the reason I wanted to tell the story is I think it's an important extinction event story. And it, it has narratives that we've heard a bunch of times playing out. You know, we think there's no way we can kill them all. And then we do. Uh, we think it's too late to save them. And, and then it is. And then it and it is. And we don't. What's different here is that Grenell and his readers saw what was happening and acted before it was too late. And it wasn't easy. I mean, it took them two decades to do this. They just never gave up. And I bring it up today because... Right now, it, it seems like a lot of things are hopeless in that way. But if you really believe in something and you keep up at it, one person really can make a difference. And in the case of Grinnell, we have him to thank for the existence of Buffalo Burgers. Yes. <laughs> and now we have uh, Buffalo meat being shipped to every corner of this great country. Oof. Well, that was fun. You wanna you wanna go get some? Uh, I don't know. What do you want? Buffalo burgers or you want buffalo wild wings? Why not both? Hey, do they have buffalo burgers at that place? Wild wings? Yeah. No, I don't even think they have anything with actual buffalo in it. You can buy buffalo meat at the store. Yeah. Yeah. It's good for you. You got to be careful not to overcook it. It's real easy to overcook. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they're serving us the cows or the bulls, because you know the cows are supposed to be tastier. That means we're probably getting the bowls. Yeah. When I buy buffalo meat, I like to use the whole package. For one burger? No, I mean, I use the plastic. I recycled that. To, it's like, oh, you know, oh, as an homage, homage to, to Native to, Americans. Yeah. What do you use the plastic for? A uh, hat. I put it on my head. It's very fashionable. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess uh, that about does it. Shout out to Justin in Hawaii, yeah. our, um, who waits diligently every two weeks for a new episode to come out yes. and then bugs us about it if it doesn't. I know. I'm sorry. This week was a drop the ball. If you'd uh, like to learn more about the American buffalo. Google it. What am I, friggin' butler? <laughs> I, I'm going to put probably some photos on the uh, the Twitter. That's at Extinction Pod on Twitter. Or yeah, just Google it, guys. Bye. Tune in next time. See ya. A Peg Leg Deer production.